0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening everybody. Um you know normally after day after the post game show we go with the PFF show uh John Costco. The two uh, Costco boys, uh, birthday party for one of them today. So it was hard for John to get away from today. Uh, we're going to shoot tomorrow to get you, uh, the PFF episode, but, um, it's about time and, you know, Pete Smith will, you know, local experts on the biggest stories. will sit in on this one, but it's about time we tried to, and this is one thing. I mean, everybody's excited about so many players, but it's so difficult when you realize that this bunch of 90 is going to have to become 53 and, you know, Pete sent me a couple of messages during the day trying to whittle it down. Like, this is hard. I mean, there's a lot of talent on this roster now. This was not the case a year ago. You know, a year ago, it was almost all right. Well, keep me these 35, and after that, we don't give a crap. It's a big, big different story this year. So we're going to get of this, try to establish a guess now with two preseasons to go of a final 53-man roster. Obviously, we know there's going to be names that will end up being on this roster, either A, that we ignored, or or be that aren't even Cleveland Browns yet, but, you know, it's part of the fun of it. Uh, and I always appreciate you guys for being along for the ride on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Pete, um, you know, first things first, obviously, you know, the effects after yesterday, it seems one thing that I've gotten from a lot of, you know, Twitter interaction today, and whether it's, you know, guys like you, guys like me, Brandon, uh, Brandon Leister, Brent Sobleski, I think J.C. Treader is getting the appreciation he deserves, and... Sometimes saying, oh, well, he's a center, it, it, it gets a little undersold. J.C. Tretter is a really good center. He's a damn good center. And, you know, let's not ignore that because not everybody can play the position.
1: He's a borderline top ten center on one leg. Um, that's how good he was. And, you know, the Browns right now do not have a viable center on under contract for next season. And that's... That's, you know, I I never bought into this whole, well, they'll just, you know, Austin Corbett will be the center next year. Like that's magically how it works. But nevertheless, there are a lot of people holding out with this thing. And I would hope that there's going to be movement now to get that deal done because I think it would be incredibly foolish to say, we're going to go ahead and let this season play out and then deal with it. Because if you do that, JC Trader gets to the open market his side is going to have all the leverage and you're going to end up paying more than you should. If you intend to keep him, get it done now. Uh, give him, you know, give him the con- you know, get him locked up for a few more years. Give Baker Mayfield peace of mind. He's your second best offensive lineman on the team. It's um, I, I don't, I don't know what the counter argument is from the organization as to why they're not uh, working on this, or maybe they are. But, you know, the last time J.C. Treader was asked about it, when he said he wasn't going to talk about it, he said at to that point he hadn't heard anything. I would hope now we're, we're at the point where really' talking about it because, you know, your your center options at this point are Treader, Eric Cush, who might be your starting right guard, and presumably Kyle Kalis uh, when he comes back from injury. That's... Sketchy if you're not gonna, you don't get this deal done with, with Trader. and you've got four potential offensive line positions in flux at the moment. The only guy you know is going to be starting for the the, the uh, offensive line next year. Right now, the only guy you can say he's going to be in the lineup is Joe Batonio. Everybody else, you're sitting there going. You know, I don't expect Ray Robinson to be back because the contracts could be absurd. I don't know if they're going to keep Chris Hubbard because he's not worth what he's being paid. Maybe that'll change this season. Uh, right guard, you're hoping it won't be Eric Cush. I mean, if Drew Forbes can come in and ultimately grab onto that position, that would be great. And then you've got Treder sitting there, and he's good. He won't cost a ton because he's a center. I mean, if at most you're paying like $9-10 uh, as opposed to somewhere around twenty for a left tackle on the open market. Like this Treders shown his toughness. He played through obvious amount of pain last year. He's every bit of the excellent representative you want for your organization on and off the field. Like he's, I, I, you know, again, I don't know what the counter argument is here. It's
0: just, and it is, it's very simple. And with Kevin Zeitler, you know, obviously have been on the show and Joe Batonio and, A lot of times, like, you can judge guys by what their peers speak. And both of them spoke highly. Joel had to stop himself. Kevin Zeitler said there's no way he could have played through that injury. And, it's the center position. Um, If it's, you know, if you don't want Baker to have to worry about anything, at least keep some of it intact, and it's certainly the center position. We're going to start getting through this uh, 53-man roster here. Uh, Look, Pete, uh, I think we know of one quarterback that's going to be on this roster, and maybe Freddie cleared it up a little bit yesterday. Uh, I guess it, it in the greatest scheme of thing. I guess it should be, too. And it is the old philosophy of if it's not Baker, it doesn't freaking matter.
1: Yeah. Um, so, look, Drew Stanton is going to be the backup. He just is. I mean, even in the postgame presser, I mean, he left himself an out. By saying, you know, things could change, but Drew Stanton is your backup. It's, and then he pointed out he's got a bunch of value to the team, this, that, and the other, but he's the backup.
0: It almost seemed like they're trying to say, like, oh, it almost seems like they just want to find a way to say, like, Drew Stanton's got an injury where he can't play. But, I mean, obviously they're not going to be able to fudge that. But, it, it, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean... Look, they said he played enough during the you know the joint practices. I don't know if he did or didn't. I don't care. I don't need to see him play. I know what he is, um, and he's not teaching Baker Mayfield how to play quarterback. But he is a valuable uh, insight. No different. Jim Sorgi wasn't teaching Peyton Manning how to play quarterback, but he was there forever and he sucked every preseason. Uh, there's and there's an obvious value there with that position. So the entire conversation is. Will Garrett Gilbert or is Garrett Gilbert or has Garrett Gilbert done enough to say we're going to keep a third quarterback? He's good enough to do it. I don't know the answer to that. All I can say is that the, steep, the price to keep Garrett Gilbert is a little steep, not in terms of money, not in terms of any of the other stuff, but it's entirely in terms of what you're, you can't keep in order to keep another quarterback whether that's another defensive player or a special teams only guy or another offensive lineman or whatever it is. Um, And the the other part of this is let's say they do keep uh, Garrett Gilbert and it's game day. You're not going to keep three quarterbacks active. I'm curious if they keep, Drew Stanton active, or if they're going to be honest with this and go, look, we know what he is. He's an active every week, and, and Garrett Gilbert is the guy in uniform. Where if they actually need somebody to go in, you know, then 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 we'll go with we'll, we'll go with Garrett Gilbert.
0: So then, your final say for the fifty three is two or three.
1: I've got it at three right now. I don't feel good about it, uh, and I've got Garrett Gilbert, and and I think. David Blau has done more than enough to get himself to the uh, practice squad and be somebody worthwhile from that standpoint. So, yeah, you know.
0: I agree. I I would say for now it's three. um, But if you just, I mean, if they're going to go with the theory of it doesn't freaking matter. Um, and Gilbert will probably find a home. I mean, you don't hit, you know, on the rate that he's hit so far this preseason and probably get yourself, you know, at least onto a roster somehow, someway. Uh, running back, obviously, is interesting. We um, you know Nick Chubb is here. Kareem Hunt for the, you know, this purpose of what we're going to do here doesn't count. Um, you know, Hilliard, uh, as much as he was picking up momentum through practices, first preseason game as a receiver, um, didn't help himself by the time where the hamstrings start aching up, but obviously he's going to be here. Uh, but this is an interesting one, Pete, because I mean, as far as predicting a 53 here right now, we know Nick Chubb, I, I guess we assume Hilliard, but it's, it's a lot of gray area after that. And probably this is one position where somebody is not on this roster right now that very well could be there on opening day.
1: Uh, we're talking about tight end. Uh, I mean, look, D- D- Demetrius Harris and, and David, I thought Nishoku, we're talking about running back Pete. Are we talking about running back? Yes. <laughs> running back. So we know we have
0: Nick, but the rest of it, I mean, and this could be filled out by somebody who is not currently here.
1: It could be, but I doubt it is. I, I think they like what they have. Um, I, you know, obviously the second the season starts, uh, Kareem Hunt goes on suspension. Uh, so you know, that, that sort of takes it, that opens up a roster spot. And I think after that, you know, it's Dontrell Hilliard. And right now, I think it's Dearness Johnson. The only question is, do they like a fullback enough to keep them? S- and s- and if they do, is that fullback more multifaceted in the style of Trayon Gray? Trayon Gray is interested because I haven't actually seen him block anything yet. He largely yeah. used tailback. Like a tailback.
0: Like a big tailback, yep.
1: Yeah, um, so that becomes interesting. But yeah, I think... It, it, is it possible that something comes out in 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 their waiver wire or something that a guy gets released that they that they like more than what they have? Yeah, it's possible, but uh, you know if, if you you know the Browns allegedly are very happy with Dontrelle Hilliard, and then at least game wise, Jurnis Johnson has been as good if not better. Um, I'm guessing that Hilliard is more reliable and more effective and. In the practice field, but the big question with all of them, and this this may be the thing that gets somebody else in here, is if there's somebody who can come in and block really well. Uh, it may not be a super sexy name in that area, but if they're a reliable, effective block pass blocker, that could get them potentially a, a big look. You haven't seen Hill- Hilliard hasn't you know done enough a lot of it, and I don't think he was very good at it. Dearness Johnson didn't do any of it. It's because in large part, the uh, Indianapolis Colts could get no pressure at all. uh, So he was largely used as a receiver. And certainly that's its own option where if a guy can't block, don't have him block and just make him a receiving threat every time and and force them to try to guard him. But, uh, you know, Dearness Johnson had like a really quietly effective, efficient game. I mean, it wasn't like you didn't notice him. I mean, but he was there. He got ten carries for fifty-three yards. I think he got another three receptions for twenty-six, and the touchdown. And none of it looked like it was, you know, it didn't take like superstar moves. It was just a guy doing his job and doing it pretty effectively.
0: Yeah, and even like you know, and most of the yards came. It came after the fact of the first, you know, the first team offensive line going off of the field. It feels like he's got a pretty good you know, grasp of, you know, where the area is, you know, where to hit. And, you know, I, you know, long of a 15-yard run, I don't think he's going to be anything where you see like Nick where it's just, you know, if he gets the, you know, a couple of blades of grass, it's going to, you know, a possibility of the home run. But he may fit in that respect. So, I mean, I guess for now, Pete, we're at three. But three seems like a really weird number to keep on a final 53. So I guess we would make it four with maybe a question mark of, we're not sure yet who four would be.
1: Maybe. I mean, uh, based on sort of working out the number, again, this is where that quarterback three uh, be, can be pretty expensive if you like another a fourth tailback that you want to keep. I think three is probably how they're going to roll, though. So again, if they see somebody they really like, I think they'll probably ax uh, Dearness Johnson in favor of them.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean so I uh, look I mean I think we're sure on three for now and look I mean Arlene's Darkwood is still a name that's out there. I mean but it's it's weird at this and this is kind of what happened when you move with Duke when you're gonna have to serve the eight games without Kareem. Uh Nick's gonna have a big year, kids. Nick Chubb is gonna have a big year. Pete, wide receiver, uh and look, I mean it's weird because we felt pretty confident in who could make this roster. And a lot of the smaller names are making a case for themselves. Uh, guys, I messaged uh, Ish Hyman today. He's okay. Uh, he'll be fine. he will be back out there. Um, Pete, we know Odell's here. We know Landry's here. We know Richard's here. But then, I mean, it gets a little bit different after that. So, I mean, we know there's three wide receivers on this roster. Where do we go from here?
1: Uh, so, uh, this is another situation. The second the season starts, Antonio Callaway goes on suspension for four games and depending on his ankle that could get interesting uh I, i'm you know I, I would assume that would be enough time that'd be like uh, somewhere close to the area of seven weeks uh but you know you never know with that uh Willis is all but locked up uh in addition to the fact they like him as a receiver he's, he's a special teams player that uh they're counting on in that facet i think jalen strong makes it uh, I, I don't know if he's a lo- here longer than the month that uh, Callaway is out. But they, you know, they seem to like having that big body receiver.
0: And even still, though, given Antonio Callaway almost seven weeks to himself, might not be it's it might not be the best thing in the world for Antonio Callaway. So, I mean, you know, Strong's here with an open invitation, essentially, for how long it sticks around.
1: Yeah, the problem with Jalen Strong is he is worthless. Uh, he's, he's God, he's in God bless me. He's trying on special teams mode. Uh, it's just not there yet. And that, that becomes an issue if, you know, in the event that Callaway's back, uh, that they'll have, you know, their wide receiver five or six, depending on how you look at it, can't help on special teams. And then the last guy I have right now is DJ Montgomery. Um, that could certainly change, but the problem is that. You know you've got guys like uh, Sheehy Giuseppe Giuseppe and ish Hyman who's hurt I mean you say he's okay but I mean nevertheless uh, that you know that that's a bit of a setback uh, in in that case if they're trying to compete for a roster spot I think DJ Montgomery is getting coming on and getting better and better he's certainly got an athletic profile that's great um, I, I, I would hope he's able to contribute on special teams in terms of height weight speed the guy that has a chance, and obviously he's a little bit behind uh, to sort of make some noise on this. And, and he couldn't play in the game uh, this past game on on Saturday is, is can uh, da- Damian Ratley come back uh, and, and, and sort of make up for lost time. This is, you know, it, it's a really competitive field. It's unclear, you know, where he is in terms of his injury status and then, how many reps they're going to want to give him? I assume they're going to sort of want to see him. Uh, he's another guy who at least can contribute on special teams. He has speed, to stress. He's got reasonable size. There's there's a skill set there. But uh, right now, I, I think he's sitting behind a guy like DJ Montgomery, who who I like better than Jalen Strong. Uh, but I, I, I doubt the team does at least at this moment. But I'm, I'm, I, I want to see more of him. I think he he just makes plays and i understand they they had the drop yesterday uh on third down that wasn't great uh but you know on some lo- on some level you're at wide receiver six or seven in this case if you count callaway and if he can contribute on special teams and he has that ability then then he's somebody you should probably want to keep around
0: uh, well you know what you saw yesterday is obviously with odell out and with jarvis out and dj montgomery essentially playing you know from jump with you know the starting unit, if this is how they felt about him, there is no way he did anything to disrupt his own course. I mean, you draw two pass, uh, two pass interference penalties, you catch a big one. Uh, you know, for now, I mean, he's. I would think for me, I think I think Montgomery would be a safer lock than Willie's right now. Ratley, it's going to be tough. Um, Freddie, with the news today that maybe he doesn't view preseason like some other teams do, and maybe there will, you know, next week against Tampa could be kind of a repeat of this week, which is fine. Freddie, we don't we don't need to see these guys, man, as long as they're ready for Tennessee. But, you know, that may give Ratley a big chance there, but go ahead, Pete.
1: The various dynamics of how all these different teams are treating treating preseason is fascinating. In fact, this is one of the more interesting things uh, to, to sort of monitor. I mean, like right now, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are having all kinds of starters. Play. You've got Kirk Cousins. You've got Adam Thielen. You've got uh, Kyle Rudolph. You or and the, and all their starting linemen and all this other stuff going on. And they're well into the. You know they 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 played at least a quarter. I think Kirk Cousins may still be in there. Uh, but versus uh, it, uh, Russell Wilson played started this game. Uh, you have all these different teams taking different attitudes, and you know uh, it's interesting to see how. Freddie Kitchen treats it. Obviously, his argument, at least for last week, was that joint practices took up a lot of the reps that he felt like his team needed. His starters, anyway, much of his starters on offense needed. He didn't need to see them anymore. Some of this was a matter of guys were banged up, like Miles Garrett. He just didn't want to put him out there. Um, I, I think in a lot of cases, most people are are, are as as much as maybe they're. It's a little bit of a bummer they don't get to see all these new toys on offense and all this. They're happy with the fact that, you know, if they're not out there in these type of games, they can't get injured. Not that that's obviously a foolproof thing, but, you know, you see some of these injuries going on, you know, Derwin James, uh, what's his face, Avery Williamson, yep. some of these other guys going down for substantial injuries. And on that level, you know, some people's immediate reaction is don't play anybody. Let's just get to the regular season and move on. Um, I, I think selectively you can do that. And I think Freddie's approach is effective in that respect. Uh, so, it, it, you know, we'll see how it ultimately pans out and if they're ready for the Titans. But it's again, it's a, it's a fascinating dynamic to watch on how all these different teams are sort of evolving their own processes in terms of how they treat preseason and how they're, you know, either using scrim- uh, the joint practices to get out of it or just turning it down on their own right or whatever. But it, 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 in this sense, there's like 32 little uh, little labs sort of coming up with their own methodology for how they're dealing with it. I mean, you've got Adam Gase coming out today basically apologizing uh, for... Leaving Avery Williamson out out there as long as he did,
0: uh, and it's look, it's tough, and it, and you can't tell anybody how to manufacture their own course, and for some people who are questioning how much Freddie was, you know, how hard they were going at it, you know, within you know their own practices, maybe this is where he was looking forward to, and you know what, you know, I'll risk it here, where I don't have to worry about maybe a you know a you know, a late-round draft pick who's getting some early snaps trying to make a name for himself, you know, basically the, you know, Johnny Gohard who causes an issue in a practice or a scrimmage or in a preseason game. And maybe this was, look, because maybe I don't want to put all of this out there within the preseason games. Maybe there is that aspect to it, and it's certainly certainly possible. And, look, you know, if Freddie's not one to really show you his hold cards in that respect – but if, if this is going to be it, and it'll all get done in practices, I, I'm not concerned. I mean, look, you know, Baker and Odell, they have that history. Baker, he's already thrown a boatload of passes to Jarvis Landry, to Rashard Higgins. Uh, Nick Chubb, and whatever he's done to this point, he's looked really sharp. So, if this is enough, and we'll just put together really solid, consistent practices before 9-8 against Tennessee, I, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I guess, you know, I mean, we're going to have to be okay with it, but It's his course. It's his book to write. If it comes back to bite him in the ass, it it certainly could. But he's the one writing the script here right now. Pete's going to hit you with the stuff from Blue Chew. We'll get back to tight end, offensive line, all this good stuff. More on Lockdown Browns.
1: Uh, Yeah, so we're getting closer to the regular season when everybody's going to be up for the uh, Browns as they they get ready to go. Uh, But for those who either want to make sure they're always on top of their A game or insistent or ready to go for round two, the folks at Blue Chew are there to help you out. Uh, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis. So, you know, they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill and you can be ready anytime you want that the opportunity arises or opportunities plural. Uh they'll take care of you in terms of making it easy to get a prescription. They're discreet on the on the shipping. Uh they're looking to do everything they can to make sure that you are in position to make the spouse happy so she can make you happy. So check out the folks at Bluetooth, make sure you put in the promo code uh so they can make it a little easier on you and uh do what you need to do.
0: Use the promo code, capital L, LOCKED, capital O, on. Do appreciate the fine folks over at Locked On. I'm sorry, at Bluetooth for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns and all the other podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. One of the more interesting ones right now, Pete, you know, tight end. And this is another one where, you know, David Njoku does not look like he's going to get. He could be another one where there's not going to be any more run. Obviously, the practices are going very well. They're not sure about it afterwards. Uh, obviously, John signed his boy, Demetrius Harris, here. There's two tight ends on this roster for right now, Pete, but I'll be honest with you. I got no idea how this position breaks down after this.
1: I, I don't know how you can. I mean, for for one thing, uh, Farrell Brown, you know, may end up getting that job, but but it's, it's by default. Um, he's got size. He's...
0: Like it's one of those like he's been around long enough. Like it's like uh, it, 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 we'll keep you around until we can figure it out.
1: It really does feel like he's gonna get sort of grandfathered into this thing. Devolve <laughs> uh, the theoretically still in the mix, but this becomes a situation, and Freddie keeps talking about this. Uh, he's very big on you know he, he talked about this in the game pressure. He wants to know what he's getting, and unfortunately, uh, you know I hope Devolve is able to sort of clear protocol very quickly. So he can actually get there and out and compete because if not, then by virtue of that, he's probably going to end up looking on the the, uh, Rico gathers. I think he's going to make it, uh, but I I could be wrong on that again. He, but he he theoretically become a a free roster spot for a week because he's suspended for that first week. So they can effectively keep him and then release him if they want to after, uh, after another week. Uh, So, you know this becomes a position where the bronze may not be done looking uh the answer may not be on the roster right now in fact it seems more likely than not it's not on the roster right now and I, and I, I think the this is sort of the uh the position that's like the least talked about one in terms of you know you've got these two guys you know they're going to be the two guys but after that you're there's nothing uh, that makes you feel very comfortable in the situation. I, I don't know if I've seen McQuan Dean play yet. Uh, Stephen Carlson is okay. Uh, <laughs> he's you know standing out. So I mean, the the answer to that may well not be on this roster, or may may uh, may start out on the roster for a week or so, and then ultimately get moved on. But I think this is one where they could be shopping and. This seems like a position where the Browns could end up doing some sort of guy you're pro- we're probably not keeping for guy you're probably not keeping. That could be you know one of those uh, player for player type moves. Uh, as as this as this uh, preseason sort of rolls around, rolls on, there's a few teams that probably have some <laughs> excess tight ends uh, that could ultimately intrigue the Browns, and, and the Browns have. Uh, some excess players, particularly on the defensive line, that could help other teams elsewhere, and and it may maybe be the essentially be a processing fee at that point to just uh, get another player that they can look at. This week would be a really good week to do that. But yeah, the tight end position, I think ultimately they're going to keep four, whether it's three and and once a fullback, or if it's four and it's you know sort of that blocking back like Orson Charles was. It's it's unclear, but I think right now it's impossible to say other than you've got these two guys, and we're still waiting on the other two.
0: It seems it definitely seems obvious in that part. Um, obviously, with gathers, you know, they made the move. Whatever, I, I do think there's a chance here. Look, he's done nothing to you know enlighten anybody. Maybe he can do a little bit more against Tampa. Um, Seth DeValve, and this is one where you know some. Well, if you know you want him to maybe do some of the fullback stuff. It just might not be the best thing for Seth DeValve with all the injuries he's had, you know, taking, you know, rushers in the backfield and having to, you know, basically square up against 285- to 310-pound defensive linemen. If you like Seth DeValve, that's probably not going to help him long-term by any means whatsoever. Um, I, I will go with, yeah, there's going to be somebody on the outside coming in. You know, this Farrell Brown not essentially win a job, but as much as wait out? And find himself under the opening day roster. That could be a possibility. Uh, Sam Pennick. Um, he's you know he's brought us some questions here on the show. I know he's doing a little work for PFF. He was covering you know he's a Browns he's a Browns guy, but he was covering the Bucks preseason game. The other name he brought up the name Austin Al- uh, Claire. He doesn't see any way you know that he's going to make the Tampa Bay roster. Um, he could be somebody that could have some interest. And obviously we're going to go to Tampa here this week, so Browns could get a firsthand look, and it might be somebody there. But I, I definitely think. There's could be, you know, within week one, week two, there could be a tight end on this roster who is certainly not here. I don't think they're done working on the tight end position to this point in any way whatsoever. Pete, offensive line, look, uh, we know who the left tackle is. We know who the left guard is. We know who the center is. We, for now, know who the right tackle is. Cush is obviously going to make it. That gives you five. I mean, Corbett. I guess because somebody's going to, some people are going to have to save face. That six offensive lineman, it's a mystery after that.
1: Uh, so I have the guys you mentioned. I also have Kendall Lamb. I think is an automatic. I think he's the swing tackle uh, at this point. Drew Forbes is going to make it. Uh, they, they're, they're, in the mix for starting right guard, uh, I don't see how they're going to get rid of him. I think Kyle Kalis is going to make it. I think he's going to ultimately end up being the primary backup center unless uh, unless Forbes is able to beat out Kush, in which case he may be the backup center. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I have nine offensive linemen. The one guy I wish I could fit on there that I think will ultimately hopefully get to the practice squad is Brian Finney and Ganopo. Uh But, you know, it's not like we're losing anybody particularly great. Uh, Finian Ganafo is the only one that's sort of like, I'd really like to keep him around. Brad Seaton will probably get a look somewhere else. I think he, he's done okay for himself, as, but he's that right tackle only mix. Uh, but yeah, I have nine. I mean, it's theoretically possible you could keep 10. It's really difficult just to make the numbers work on ter- into the roster.
0: Um, and it may be something you could buy a couple of weeks, you know, as far as the tight end, the running back position, maybe you can go a little heavy on the offensive line for the time being. And look, I mean, I'm going to get this one in here now because a lot of people have asked. And this isn't, like, it's been asked, so Brent and, you know, and the other names are brought up early and the other guys, we all cover this. Pete, the reason we don't say Austin Corbett doesn't, deserve here anymore is because we know the way front offices think. Would it be completely outlandish if they just said, you know what, we've had enough?
1: Um, Based on what we've seen. The answer is probably outlandish only because he's an athletic 300 pound guy and there are only so many of those guys in the NFL
0: yeah but there's difference between athletic and being willing to get you know go match up against somebody your equal size and beat the freaking living daylights out of them.
1: listen Eric flowers got is getting paid four million dollars that's a
0: prime example of why he sticks around.
1: Yes, I mean, the, but that's the thing. Austin Corbett costs nothing because he's on that rookie contract, and so he wasn't not... drafted
0: top six like Flowers was.
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, it's very easy to keep a guy like Corbett. I think his days at center should be over. Uh, it's he look, he was not. That, where do you put him
0: if he? Because... If he th- but exa- But if you actually had to play him, then then what are you going to do with him?
1: He's a guard. I mean, it's just a question of where where does he go. I, it's not like he was so awful that you're just like at least as guard that you're so up, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think he is. Uns- uh, look, I think at the pick is a disaster. I don't think there's get, any way of getting r- away from that. But if you're going to get rid of him, it would be in the form of a trade. And if you're going to trade him, you're not going to trade him now because he's not worth anything. So I fully expect he's going to get kept. Uh, you know, it would be, I would be stunned. Not, not that his play doesn't warrant it, especially this past week. But if you were to get rid of him, I would be stunned uh, because of the investment, because of he does have tools to be a good offensive lineman, and you've just sort of got to hope you can figure it out. That doesn't make it, you know, satisfying in the least, but this is the same team, you know, that, that was willing to uh, keep Chad Thomas over, over guys that could actually play.
0: Uh, and and a lot of this is, look, it just understanding the way front offices work and not wanting to admit mistakes. And it's almost very similar to when you were a child and your mother said, no, 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 the Brussels sprouts are going home with you. you you're eating them. So you swallow it down knowing that it may never mean anything, but you're not ready to basically admit the fact that you took a huge swing and a whiff. And it doesn't matter. And what was it, Fetter with the oh the, the oh the eighteen draft class, QB one, cornerback one, Nick Chubb, Jannard Avery. Shut up, dude. The draft class is still a win, even in guys like that make me and Pete look like saints. I mean, we'll pick on things, but I mean, you go to that length, that's just absolutely outlandish.
1: You know, you can say that. You know Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, and Nick Chubb, and and Jannard Avery are outstanding picks. You can also say, and and not lose your fan card or anything else by saying that Austin Corbett is a out and out failure. That Ed Thomas, there's it's really difficult to see a path where he's successful. And what once was a hit, as is often the case, is now a giant question mark in terms of Antonio Callaway, where it could go from hits and miss really, really fast if if, if this derails uh, his career.
0: And it certainly wouldn't be the first player who was a fourth-round pick and showed something early and then never showed anything again, regardless of what path they went. Obviously Calloway's is, you know, a lot of it's going to be, you know, some of it's involving off the field, but it wouldn't be the first case where a rookie hit early and then was, you know, kind of never heard from again. And, uh, you know, even if he didn't get himself in the predicament. He did. You brought in Odell. You know, Higgins is the constant professional, kind of worked himself past it. You had Landry. So, I mean, there's just so many factors. And, again, people, this is rich people problems. This is what happens when you have a good roster. It, it just works out this way. Um, Ways to help Pete and I. Um, iTunes for the show, Locked on Brown. Subscribe. Uh, make sure you leave a five-star rating. Make sure you leave a written review. BrownsMaven.com. Go over there, become a subscriber. There's going to be a ton more content coming here as we get more into regular football activity. BrownsMaven on Twitter. Make sure you're following over there. Uh, make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, all stuff, always to help us. Simple, easy stuff as we continue to pump out information for you guys day in, day out. And this is one, I got about 10 of these today. Pete. Kicker, Um, look, at this point, just score freaking touchdowns. I guess that's the only way to address it. Um, Yes, it does stink when these guys get an opportunity, both from 52. And look, 52, yeah, 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 whatever the percentage is, wasn't a dome. But Pete, it's not like there's better, for this sake today, it's not like there's better opportunities out there for people to bring in. So at this point, just score enough where it doesn't freaking matter because I don't know if there's anything to fix this right now today.
1: Uh, I mean, look, you can bring in guys to try out and see if one of them does something you like and ultimately get rid of a guy you are going to get rid of anyway uh, and have three kickers compete for a while if that's what you want to do. I think the longer this goes on, the more it favors Seibert uh, by virtue of his draft status, but there's a real easy solution, which is score touchdowns go for two uh or you know be more aggressive on fourth down obviously uh 52 yard field goals are not a high percentage kick anyway so i don't get too bent out of shape about that uh but yeah i mean look you want to see somebody who can come in and obviously that was the situation uh where where cyber missed which is you come in at the end of a half with you know uh clock ticking and you want to be able to you want to be able to make sure you get those points at the end of the game or whatever uh i'm though those are the exact situations you want to be able to capitalize on i'm less concerned about uh fourth down in like three and you just decide to bring the kicker out like that i'd rather they just be more aggressive with and and we'll see if they again this is a question that has not been asked and i don't know why uh but why? Uh, uh, this is the thing I would be asking Freddie Kitchens is if you don't love your kicking options, and obviously you're trying to get them reps in preseason and stuff, but when you get to the regular season, do you get more aggressive knowing that this is your situation? Do you try to avoid uh, relying on them in so many spots? And that's weirdly something that, to my knowledge, has not been brought up. It, it, it,
0: there's no doubt about the weirdness of that. And it's almost like, kind of like, well, I mean, look, the media, they don't always know the right questions to ask. And also, in this is another one is, you know, why isn't, you know, uh, the hammer getting any opportunities? It makes you wonder whether or not he's even going to win the punting competition. Maybe that's part of it is, is why, you know.
1: He did 74-yard <laughs> bomb.
0: That was a blast. Pete, it sounded really good. It sounded really good, Pete.
1: Typically, that's you, you know, as soon as the, the, you heard it, how it's coming <laughs> up. Uh, yeah, um, I, I still think it's you know, Colquitt's job to lose. I still think it's about the the little things uh, in terms of punning, but that um, had to at least uh, send a little jolt in the coaching staff and go. You know, sort of ask the question, "What if?" Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I think it's not to say he's out of the running by any stretch and if he keeps doing that he may be in it but i I, i'm not worried about his raw leg strength i'm worried about uh the time he has to pin him or holding or those type of things and can he do that on a consistent basis if that's the case then by all means i but i my guess is that's a year away well
0: and the thing there is look i mean you know he's more john daly off the tee as opposed to you know being a complete golfer and to gets 74 yards when, you know, this snap was from midfield and you kick it, you know, 10 yards deep in the – uh and that's where Colquitt, Colquitt obviously is, you know, has his reputation. And, look, he's beloved by this franchise and beloved by the inner circles of within the organization. So there is that aspect to it. Pete, league-wise, Browns-wise, anything we to get to today? Guys, we'll cut this up. Pete and I to sit back again tomorrow, and we'll get you to the defensive side.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Antonio Brown. uh, Uh, Here we go again. Here we go again. (laughs) Apparently left camp again over the helmet. Mike Mayock. He showed up,
0: but he showed up, Pete, to high five people during the game. And now all of a sudden the helmet's an issue again.
1: First, you know, it begs the question, is that really what this is all about? But uh, Mike Mayock came out and gave a very uh, strong statement on the situation. that basically. Are you in uh, or are you out? Yeah, that but what he really is it, it, it either either sack up or go away we're just tired of dealing with this nonsense uh, we're moving on and, and they may be able to get way a lot more money they may have actually stumbled themselves into a really good contract in terms of being able to get out of this mess before they get into it uh, and, and really this is all on Brown uh, if he wants to potentially risk losing about twenty nine million dollars over the next two years, and get paid basically one uh, all over this helmet, or whatever the real issue is. I, I don't know. I can't believe it's the helmet. I'm
0: sorry. I, I mean, th- thirty million dollars about a helmet. There's got to be something. I, I hope there's something. I
1: would think, that. but he's just it. it he, regardless of what it really is, he still comes off like a petulant child, and the Raiders still oh, come no off. Doubt organization and there's no uh good situation with that uh, a couple smaller things uh the patriots went ahead and released Donald inman which was a guy at one point bronze fans wanted to trade for during the season if memory serves uh and uh and uh the the kid uh jordan lashley already released by the raiders they're done with him uh he's already been through two teams uh he just Whatever he does, he seems to rub people the wrong way. Did he throw a
0: ball into a pond again or no?
1: I I don't know if there's a pond anywhere near where the Raiders practice, but there is an ocean. (laughs) Uh, Or a vineyard.
0: You never know. It's out there by white country.
1: But uh, he seems to wear out his welcome pretty quickly, and he may already be out of chances.
0: Ah, look, the only shot is get him to Miami, get him with Rosen. I mean, that may be the only shot this kid has. And I remember it was fun during the draft cycle because I liked him and he was try- they were trying to do so much and spin positivity and the stuff he was doing through the community. But, uh, you know, if you're an ass, you're an ass. And sometimes you just cannot change. Browns, Maven, Pete, what's the latest for everybody?
1: Uh, so I've got an uh, article talking about... Uh, sort of recapping what the twos did yesterday, uh, a bunch of cut-ups of Freddie Kitchen's uh, press conference, uh, talking about the Austin Corbett debacle and why that should lead to yet another reason of so many why J.C. Trader should be extended, and then uh, an article discussing three players the Browns could be shopping right now and over the next couple weeks to try to get help either in an area of weakness or maybe some draft help, uh, draft picks or whatever. Uh but they're we're quickly approaching that time where they're gonna have a couple guys that are excess that they simply can't keep and they may try to flip those into assets uh as opposed to just going ahead and releasing them.
0: And look, I mean uh you've all waited for this. You waited to you know where the Browns were in a position of strength and the time is now. And uh, just enjoy it and we're gonna get to uh you know nine eight and the roster should be deep and plentiful uh, where it matters um, and squabbling over third tight ends and things of this nature, it may not matter. I mean, there's enough here. And this is, you know, obviously people have waited long enough for this opportunity. Um, With that, we're going to put a bow on this here. So, you know, make sure, uh, you know, at BrownsMaven on Twitter, BrownsMaven.com, following along with all Pete's work over there, guys. At underscore Pete Smith underscore. Again, throw the follow over there. The Lockdown Browns Twitter account, at Browns, all over case. Always a follow-back accounts. DMs are always open. Anything you guys need. Always doing our best to incorporate it into the show here. You guys, you know, A, if you're all going to be here every day, we'll do the best to give you guys what you want. But you guys also bring some good stuff here that brings up good storylines and stuff that, you know, for me and Pete to uh, chap away about for a little while. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Throw a Follow. Uh, it's you know we're getting here where it's you know, almost like business time. Like you get through that point where camp opens and you know whether or not Freddie views the dress rehearsal, even still week three, that's like the pinnacle of it. It's, it's it'll be Friday night and then the following Thursday night and then it's finalizing rosters and let's go. It's Tennessee on the board and it's all about playing Tennessee, which will be without their left tackle. God help, whatever poor son of a gun is behind center that day, whether it's Mariota, whether it's Tannehill, it could be either. Who the hell even knows at this point? Um, Let's go. Start the year with a win. Then, you, you know, go into week two with the Jets, and that's where we're at. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.